stood on the shoulders of geniuses uh, to accomplish something as fast as you could. And before you even knew it you had, you, you patented it and packaged it and slapped it on a plastic lunchbox. And now you're selling it. You want to sell it. Last episode, we talked about Steven Spielberg's work with George Lucas on the Indiana Jones franchise. After helping to birth the high-concept summer blockbuster, can we get a definition of that? High-concept films are made for as wide an audience as possible big budget, and generally based around an easy-to-understand question or premise that makes it easy to sell to audiences. Thanks, Forrest. Ow, my finger. Wait, why do you need my blood to do a podcast intro? Into existence, Spielberg became known for creating big-budget projects with large casts and often stunning visual effects. Tonight, we'll be talking about Spielberg's most ambitious project yet, 1993's Jurassic Park. When Raiders of the Lost Ark came out, the blue screen was a form of film technology that was just being tried out. The final scene, most known for the Nazi face melting in Raiders of the Lost Ark, made use of that technology. A little over a decade later, CGI and green screen technology had improved by leaps and bounds. With Jurassic Park, Spielberg aimed to explore this technology to the very limits. In 1933, audiences were horrified and excited by the movie King Kong, where Fay Ray was kidnapped by a giant ape who carried her up the Empire State Building. This film first introduced audiences to Skull Island, a remote jungle where giant bugs run rampant and dinosaurs have never died out. A New York filmmaker, Carl Denham, charters a boat to bring his camera crew to Skull Island to make a wildlife film. And now before I tell you the full story of our voyage, I'm going to ask the gentlemen of the press to come forward so that the audience may have the privilege of seeing them take the first photographs of Kong and his captors. King Kong served as a warning, prescient at the time, about exploitation in filmmaking. Denim decides that just capturing King Kong on film isn't enough, and they render the giant ape unconscious and bring him to New York City to show him off as the eighth wonder of the world. Of course, King Kong breaks free and rampages through New York City. Spielberg sought to update a movie in the genre of King Kong for the 1990s. He found the perfect story with Michael Crichton's 1990 novel, Jurassic Park. Michael Crichton had become a medical doctor before he realized that he loved writing. 
His novels like The Andromeda Strain, The Terminal Man, and Congo often involve science, viruses and diseases, and warnings about the limits of science and technology. Jurassic Park was the story of an amusement park which uses genetic engineering to bring back dinosaurs. The amusement park collapses and the dinosaurs run amok, attacking people. Crichton wrote this as a way to explain chaos theory, the sensitive conditions of our world that can be easily disrupted, leading to huge unforeseen consequences. The shorthand is the, the butterfly effect. The butterfly can flap its wings and became in Central Park, you get rain instead of sunshine. And then I go too fast. I go too fast. I did a flyby. And really, what would bringing back dinosaurs be if not the biggest disruption ever created? Crichton was inspired to write this by Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, a cautionary tale about humanity creating without knowing the consequences. Spielberg saw in the novel Jurassic Park the perfect way to update King Kong, as long as he could get the technology right. I look at King Kong and I say, well, that is the state of the art. 1933 was the state of the art. In between 1933 and today, there have not been any real advance and advancements in um, special effects photography where you have to create a creature that doesn't really exist anymore. Like in Jaws 20 years before, Spielberg decided the best way would be animatronic dinosaurs with computer animators on to work on dinosaur motion. Of course, Spielberg had a lot of issues with the animatronic shark filming Jaws, and it almost ruined the film. Spielberg hired Stan Winston to create the giant animatronic dinosaurs, Phil Tibbet to do the go-motion CGI, and Lucasfilm's Industrial Light and Magic to do the digital compositing. Like in King Kong, Jurassic Park is a story about exploitation and the profit-driven incentives that overwhelm moral and ethical considerations. Oh, what's so great about Discovery? It's a violent, penetrative act that scars what it explores, what you call Discovery. I call the rape of the natural world. One thing I've always found ironic is that Spielberg mocks the merchandising obsession of the 1980s and 1990s, and then snugly fit the Jurassic Park franchise within that craze even creating a Jurassic Park the Ride water park, along with the movie at Universal Studios. But Yogan, what is this place? What is it that you do here? Merchandising. Of course, without the ethical concerns of an actual Jurassic Park, the dinosaurs. It was just a delay. That's all it is. All major theme parks had delays. When they opened Disneyland in 1956, nothing worked. Yeah, but John, if the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. I can't wait anymore. The movie even mocks the Disneyland Pirates of the Caribbean ride, the last ride personally constructed by Walt Disney. Disney would later base the franchise off the ride to further monetize it. Richard Attenborough plays the theme park owner, John Hammond, who is rushing to create the park without thinking through practical and ethical considerations. He is, for all intents and purposes, the Dr. Frankenstein of the story. Sam Neill and Laura Dern join as Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler the top paleontologists, in Sattler's case, paleobiologists, in their field. They are moving in herds. They do move in herds. Jeff Goldblum is the Michael Crichton stand-in, the mathematician Ian Malcolm, who's an expert in chaos theory. Uh, now, now, eventually, you do plan to have dinosaurs on your, on your dinosaur tour, right? Hello? Spielberg and Crichton create a compelling warning about man playing God in the face of evolution. God creates dinosaurs. God destroys dinosaurs. 
God creates man. Man destroys God. Man creates dinosaurs. Dinosaurs eat man. Woman inherits the earth. Anyway, before I introduce the panel, let me say, please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live show, send us a super chat. We are absolutely obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer it. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash movie night extra. All of our after parties are available on there forever. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Jandrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, comic designer, and artist for Give Them an Argument, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Conan Neutron, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, host of Britonic Reversal, and frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. Christina Oaks, when she's not dog-sitting, you can find her streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cosmopolitics. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at at cosmopolitics, Throw her some subs on Twitch. Aaron Casillas and Carly Gomez host Hit Factory, which is a podcast about the film and politics of the 1990s, which makes them the perfect guests for tonight. I, of course, am your host, Forrest Miller, wandering Ronin of the podcast panel and samurai of the clip-cutting school. Without further ado, let's get started. Let's go, dinos. Let's go. <laughs> Yo, you could you could see uh, the the homie Bill Pullman up there in the, uh, in the intro. Yeah. Three. yeah. <laughs> uh, Aaron, welcome back. It's been a bit. It has been a bit. Thank you, Conan, for the welcome. Uh, the rest of the panel here as well. Great to see you all. Excited always to, nice talk to have about. You it, it is always nice to be here, and you all are always so accommodating to our request. Uh, for time over here uh, on the the weird west coast uh, so thank you for that you did a uh, episode a er earlier episode i think at hit factory about jurassic park if i remember correctly right you are correct i think it was actually our like third episode ever yeah. uh so gosh that must have been back in like july of uh of 2020 mm. and uh yeah it was it was a weird time at, it's still a weird time, but at the, that point, it was kind of we were sort of at like the apex of like COVID uh, anxiety and uncertainty, and yeah. uh, it was it's actually a the, different natural phenomenon running wild. Correct. Well, and funny enough, when we recorded that episode, it was about like five days removed, three days removed from the announcement that uh, Disneyland was going to reopen its parks. Um, so it was uh, it was a fun little. Uh, real life kind of allegorical parable and, and, and moral there as well to talk about. Do you, do you remember the, uh, the first day Disney opened? I think that there was that woman running around without a mask and it was captured on film. She yes. like had just had like a meltdown in the park. I, I, I think she was some kind of propagandist. Like, I don't think this was like just a spontaneous meltdown, right. but I, I seem to remember like the day that that happened, this like obnoxious, very Florida looking woman brought a camera mm -hmm. into uh, Disneyland. and was like, I'm not wearing my mask in here or getting vexed. And uh, <laughs> like, cause yeah, they were just talking about the vaccines starting to roll out like later that year, like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So she's, yeah, I, don't right. know. She had I wonder what she's doing she now. Suddenly. Yeah. 
She died on the way back to her home planet. Hey, can I just give a shout out to the uh, lush vegetation that we're broadcasting from? Apologies <laughs> yes. to podcast listeners, you can't see it, but this is this has to be one of my favorite resting backgrounds. We don't when we don't have the larger panels, I feel like we don't get to take advantage of the background so much. But this is perfect for this movie. Well, so well, like hold hold on, hold on, Conan. I mean, this vegetation it's it's beautiful. You picked it for that very reason, but it is poisonous. Uh, you it didn't know this. You didn't study it. You didn't you didn't bother to learn what it was before you put it in here. Uh, you know, you're playing God a bit. But, but, um, but none of it is in our poop, so we're okay. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I remember being a kid watching Jurassic Park and be like, I, I could go there. Like, and like, you know, you, like, you, you don't internalize, like, yo, this is horrifying as much as you're like, yo, dinosaurs are there. So I, this background yeah. is a shout out to me being like a kid and, and thinking that. And I was like, yo, I can finally go to Jurassic Park on StreamYard. <laughs> well, well, friend of the show... Uh, and former guest of the show, uh, Ross Hurt uh, from Rigs of Dad, who also Ian Miller is on that show, has been on multiple times as well. They actually uh, have a, a thing on their show that they, they don't do it all the time where they ask a series of questions. And one of them is, would you go to Jurassic Park if it was real? I think that's a good question. And I'm like, hell yes, I would. <laughs> I'm in. Let's go. I think it depends on the point you're at, right? Like, if, if you're feeling like you got nothing to lose, which, you know, is most of us most of the time, then yes. If, if things are starting to go your way, and you're like, you know, you're starting to make right. some money. You have like a good job. Like things are things are getting better. Then no, you don't go to Jurassic yeah. Park. Well, but here, because... here's here's what I would say. Here, let me qualify what I just said. Okay. I just saw like something in the BBC News. Some uh, like smaller passenger plane like went down in India. Right? Horrible, Hor horrible disaster. Like somebody plane. was killed, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Plane. Uh, <laughs> that's that's say, a riff that's on a the plot of plane. Th yeah, exactly. That that's how I now say the word plane because I think it's a <laughs> dumb freaking name for a movie. But yeah, like, it's kind of plane, don't you think? All right, all right. So so like the, uh, but think about how many planes go down, how many planes fly every day. So therefore, all of these movies, it seems like there's like twelve of them. I only really acknowledge uh, this one, frankly. Uh, you got to think. That if there was an actual functioning Jurassic Park that didn't didn't just implode <laughs> implode immediately, nature didn't find a way. Thank you, Jackson. Uh, then uh, you're looking statistically as the fact that you could just see some some damn dinos and, and and be all right. But I would absolutely go either way, and I would go with the expectation that like one of these movies would be happening around me and be okay with it. But I would go. But that's how much I like dinosaurs. So. Yeah, I mean, so I mean. When it became Jurassic World, and I know we're not talking about the sequels, but when it became Jurassic World, Irfan Khan's billionaire guy, whatever his name is in that movie, I don't remember. Uh, they had a couple good years of operation before they, they yeah. got overzealous and made that uh, whatever the hell the name of that dinosaur was. Yeah, the Tyrannosaurus Rex Velociraptor combo. Is that what it was? I might remember that. Yeah, I tried no. to block that movie from my memory. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I mean, you know, they they also have like if they're selling you on going to Jurassic Park, right? Like they they have the uh the enzyme like uh you know backdoor that they could just you know deprive dinosaurs of their enzyme for a while. If you could find a safe room, you could just kind of wait it out. Wait it out. But then yeah. of course, fucking, you get like you know megalomaniac billionaires that are like, uh, I'm not going to do that. I want to keep these dinosaurs alive. And then like next thing you know, I want to weaponize them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was actually one of the only things I liked about that that film was that I was like oh yeah of course personally want to do that. you know if i was in the yeah. world of jurassic park i'd have dinosaur isis but that's just, that's just <laughs> me 
So one of the things I like about this film is that none of that nonsense is there. It's very simple. It's a simple setup. It's a simple execution. Uh, you know, it's much, it's much like Sorcerer in that way, right? You can tell like what it is in like in the synopsis. You're like you know, you know whether you're into it or not. Which like, is which is, fear too, which is the the high concept thing, right? Like I want to I yeah. want to kind of come back to this because like high concept films, Spielberg is like kind of the master at that kind of like almost like the uh, like the grandfather of that kind of film. And high concept films, you're just supposed to look at the synopsis, like Jaws, Shark, Shark of the Water, yeah, Killer you know Shark I mean? in the Water, yeah. All right, with, with Jurassic Park, you know what I mean, like park full of dinosaurs things go wrong like you're, you're supposed to look at a spielberg uh film like at least the, these types of, of like summer blockbuster style spielberg films you're supposed to just look at it and say like oh like okay i know what's gonna happen in this and it's as wide an audience as possible you know watching this whether or not there's like you know more of a a, a deeper message to it like the the, the and contextually thing. there wasn't anything like this at the time that's another thing to remember about this original movie is there wasn't like there wasn't like a dinosaur movie cottage industry at all. Like it was not no. a thing. In fact, <laughs> when this came out, people were like, oh, well, Last Action Hero is going to be the, the big one. That's going to be the big movie this year. It wasn't. Spoiler alert. Uh, not that it's a, even necessarily a bad movie. It just was not like the huge hit. But this was a worldwide hit because it was something where it's only a well-made film uh, yeah. and an entertained film to see. And a, a blockbuster is actually a good movie, which that does happen. But there really hadn't been dinosaurs in this way on the big screen ever. Yeah. And it's done by the guy that puts all the biggest, coolest, big stuff on the screen, right? Awesome. He had a really good team. Stan Winston, we stand. So Phil Tippett, we stand. Phil Tippett as well. Phil Tippett, yeah. the man yeah. himself. I mean, when you get those two together, between them, you've got what? You've got Aliens, you've got Predator, you've got The Thing. Robocop. Uh, Robocop, Starship Troopers. It's like all my uh, favorite movies in a row. Yeah, it's great. it's it's nuts. It's just an incredible <laughs> effects team. It's like it really is lightning in a bottle. They don't do it anymore like they used to. You know, well, I mean, Sam Winston's no longer with us, but like, there's just not really a good like creative team out there that could actually make something special with such a director like Spielberg anymore. It seems. Well, they yeah. can. So, they're just not calling so, uh, Philip. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they're they're you know they're doing they their CGI. own things with CGI and like the big budget stuff, and then you know Tippett's doing stuff like Mad God. Which yeah, is great. I mean, and, and also like like uh, wow, uh it's great. You know, um, Jim Henson Workshop still does stuff, but not like they used yeah. to. I, I mean, like uh, you know, Our I, I would need to take a hit. I I, I would put them <laughs> up there with uh with Sin and Tippett. You know, uh, the, the Jim sure. Henson Workshop. So, so, but one, so of, uh, one of my closest friends, real quick, for us, one of my closest yeah. friends as a uh, as a kid went to the Henson School, and he makes he actually just posted the thing of. In the parking lot of his apartment complex, trying out like his uh, gigantic, like mo like Jabberwocky looking monster. I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it's just it, he's that neighbor, basically. Like where we were like, what? The, what's this guy up to now? Right? But it's it's wonderful. It's amazing. And he's like, and he's perfect at it. I, I, like he's he's so good. But it's but it's like, I was like, oh yeah. But if if this had happened like you know when we were kids, instead you could actually probably make a living doing instead of just doing it for like a burlesque show or whatever i mean no harm no foul whatever i'm just saying that like that that kind of demands there in the world okay that that's what i want to say i just want to get no, it so, for day so preacher so theater uh Shout towards the end of his life and i think still had just a school that he was trying to teach uh people how to do this to create more you know practical effects kind of stuff so there's a whole youtube channel where it's just videos of the practical effects that they did for things and so like they literally had every dinosaur on there pretty much those of this movie but this is uh this is a video that i found of them building the full-size t-rex and like explaining what went into that it's just an incredible undertaking 
really when when I think back on it that uh, uh, that we actually managed to pull this off. Uh, there was so much ingenuity. Everybody really pulled together and, and really made this work. There's the uh, miniature uh, that Rich did uh, and uh, the armature and then the, the full-size armature in the background. I believe those are the legs as well. You see the, the tall pieces. So we're just about to get ready here and, and place the, um, the bulkheads on. We were actually using uh, techniques that were developed, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago by, by sculptors of large uh, bronzes and such. There's the fifth scale painted and that was our, our, get, our guide and our gauge for the, for the reconstruction, because what we had to do is reconstruct the sculpture from scratch. This camera would come in on a regular basis and say, okay, I want to be sure that I've got room for the nostrils, I've got room for the eyes. Um, are you sure the spacing is correct? And that would not only mathematically prove on paper that it was correct, but then I had to also have to satisfy him artistically. And we would adjust little things like um, the how much the belly would hang or how much the tail would droop. And some things weren't exactly the same as the original um, plan structure, but we changed it so that the artist liked it because it's the artist's eye that always decided what the, fine, what the final product was. There it stands. Now uh, a process of chicken wire and fiberglass is laid over the, the, the chassis of the, of the creature's body. This is to, to give the clay something to, to stick to without going right through the wire, because at some point the weight would just push through. Respirators, doors are open. Okay, now many weeks later, many, many weeks later in this process, the, the, the first layers of clay are just being sort of drafted into place. This takes many days. And this is Roma clay. This is not a sulfur-free clay. This is Roma clay. I think it's a number two or, or number three medium clay. And uh, those are gauge sticks. Those sticks that you see in there are gauges of thickness for the calculation of skin and, and where bones may go. What we had to do was we would take the, the fifth scale little castings and, and using the measurements, recreate everything. Mike Tursik was in charge of, of sculpting the head predominantly. My focus was uh, the head uh, and neck area. Uh, I wanted to make sure that uh, I could keep that as accurate as possible. Uh, by this time, I, I knew the sculpture pretty intimately because I'd done the fifth scale and the small scale, and here we are on the big one. Uh, so basically everybody, if they had a sculpting question, they ran to me and for, uh, for answers. It was somebody's job every morning to cut clay from the packages and put pallets of clay in the uh, oven in the other side of the building early in the morning to heat it up so that the clay was warm. This whole process uh, from, from start to finish took 16 weeks to complete. It's amazing. That's so fucking it's cool, a, man. It's, it's art, man. It is straight up art. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, like it's crazy to... that they build a small like replica one, you know what I mean, to get it like right, and then the big one. Like, there's just two yeah. fucking T Rexes in this fucking warehouse. Like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's how they do like action figures. Uh, how, how they do, um, you know, how, how they make uh, 
uh, like lots of different things. And it's, it's always kind of fascinating to watch this because like, uh, you know, uh, the casting, the, the, the clay, the, uh, uh, the firing, the, 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 yeah, the but there's like a difference between an action figure and like, a you know, like a 10 foot, 16 foot tall fucking T-Rex. Dude. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, like the action figure sculpts are, are also kind of interesting to see the, uh, um, uh, like Randy Bowen's workshop, uh, for example, who does like statues that you could buy as collectibles. Um, are absolutely fascinating to watch uh, them as those get made as well. Yeah. Well, and like that animatronic that they built from that T-Rex was no fucking joke either. Like I've, I've seen interviews with Winston that like there were several, like I, I think several thousand pounds of pressure that like, uh, like when, when the T-Rex turned its head, uh, like if you were, if you were in the contact zone with it like it it would flatten you like you you'd be in the hospital if not dead if like it, it managed to hit you so like that thing was no they, joke. they made a real monster basically right, right. It's, <laughs> it's really fucking cool nobody asked if they should <laughs> mark the time 24 minutes <laughs> um, yeah well i mean and, and as like a kid like i would go to the um like the natural history museum all the time where you'd have like the full size yeah. you know t-rex and stuff like that and like this movie is kind of the first movie that it feels like kind of tried to create that scale and base it off of obviously like you know museum versions of a t-rex like based it off of uh illustrations of a full-size skeleton that you know different different um paleontologists have found interestingly same same basis for the i think skeleton in uh king kong when when there's a t-rex and for this movie but obviously very different results because the technology was wildly different yeah i mean like <laughs> the kind of thing you see a skeleton of something that big it's got to make you wonder right and then for years and years and years the people were left to wonder about it but not really see a depiction on the screen that wasn't godzilla and peace and love i love godzilla especially uh you know the original and a few other entries but like it's not the same it's it's a fantastic it's a creature of fantasy versus something that, like it's something crazier when it's like no these things walk the earth just like the banner that like sails down at the end of the lobby which is Amazing scene, by the way. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Yeah, I mean, you forget that about this movie. And I, I mean, there are, uh, you know, a bevy of flaws with every single one of the sequels after this. I, I like The Lost World. Uh, we can talk about that later if we want to. But <laughs> uh, I actually think it's very good. I think it's I think it's a, a, a much better Spielberg movie than people give it credit for. Uh, but, like, you, you can only do that kind of wondrous like you know curtain reveal one time right yeah. and so like that moment when they look out into the field and there's you know the brachiosaur and the herd of like all, all the other dinosaurs behind them. like we also as an audience were seeing dinosaurs on a screen with that level of like their similitude for the very first time there there is that like yeah. wonder and awe and spectacle to it and it is it, it's breathtaking. I remember being in the theater with, for this one and like seeing that and, and feeling, you know, the rumbling in my seat and thinking like, this is a real dinosaur. I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching something real happen here in front of me. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was, I was, I was lucky enough to actually see it in the theater when it came out with, before any of the hype that came out too. And I feel, I yep. didn't realize how lucky I was at the time uh, because I just was like, Oh, I've, I've I love dinosaurs. That was yeah. <laughs> and I was a kid. Literally, like, literally reason why. You know, I was probably a little bit like too young to see. I was like, I was like yeah. three, going on four when I saw it. But like, I obsessed with it, loved it. But I remember distinctly 
going into the theater and a manager or representative from the theater that I was at with my mom and dad mm-hmm. coming in and introducing the movie and basically saying, you're about to see something really special. Uh, wow. it's, it's, uh, he's like, I've already had a chance. It was, it was opening weekend. He's like, I've already had a chance to see it. It's incredible. You'll love it. Uh, he said, but there's also a very, al- along with the visuals, there's a revolutionary kind of, uh, sound technology that this is utilizing. Oh, so that's through- right. And yeah. he's like, and so throughout the movie, you're going to feel the walls shake and you're probably going to feel your seat rumble. That is okay. Which don't is be something alarmed. they did like, in the 90s. Don't enjoy. flee the theater because the dinosaurs have come to life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I knew yeah, I was you got people jumping special. out of their seats like the great train robbery when the train goes at the screen and people are like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, just, remember, they took all that stuff out to charge you more money for tickets. That's right. Uh, which is just, you know, capitalism. <laughs> um, so four days ago, this dropped. Uh, how extinct animals could be brought back from the dead. Oh, updating... No. A uh, an article from last year that I had read from NPR. Or B- well, this is BBC, but from NPR, I think that it was like uh, woolly mammoths to be brought, like could be brought back from the dead. Scientists say, and it's the exact same process that they're talking about. Yeah. It's like you've never uh, seen a movie before. Could somebody yeah. show these scientists a movie of any kind? Please, <laughs> horror, sci-fi, anything, any genre, really. comedy will do. Jesus well, the good Christ. news is it's in Russia, so like maybe I don't mind woolly Ukrainian mammoth being brought back to life. To be honest, I rather woolly mammoth than like a dinosaur or something like that. Like they, they defrosted some some weird worms today. I saw that where it's like some crazy looking fluorescent worm, and like apparently it just started moving and started eating something. Like great. <laughs> I saw that X Files episode. That's not going to end well. (laughs) And everyone's like, "Hey, isn't this awesome?" No, no, it isn't. (laughs) What does your containment procedure look like? In in late capitalism, the amount of time from the cloning of a woolly mammoth to the time that we will be able to purchase mammoth steak. In our local supermarket, Trump it's very short. Steak. It's very short. Uh, like I, I can't imagine. Like, we're just we're just gonna start making them so we can eat them. There's not gonna be the wonder. The spec. It's not gonna be like a zoo. It's gonna be like how do we use this as like a new food source for? Yo, I, uh, I think you. I think you that, get. That like reminds monk- me. We need to cover Oksha, which is what uh, <laughs> yeah. that I but, like very much. So we've not covered on the show. Um, but but uh, no, I think I think there's a month of like majesty, right? Like there's a month of like wow, we've truly did it, and then it's like. <laughs> I so wonder how they so taste. The, yeah, like what is the what is the like pork chop or like the steak from this taste like? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Russian poachers are gonna get it in like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna have a, a no like a no mammoth hunting, uh, you know, like like order or whatever, and then you're still gonna see like a bunch of mammoth meat on the black market. You're like, are they not stopping people from doing this? They're, they're going to debut it to the world, and they're just going to cut to Putin, and he's just having a mammoth steak right there. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's going to be that's going to be the, the the final frontier in his war against Ukraine. Is he is going to just drop mammoths down into the fucking Ukrainian like? <laughs> it's cheaper to drop mammoths and bombs. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if he can, you know, them. sorry, if if he can channel like, <laughs> you know, the the Battle of Carthage and ride a mammoth shirtless. Oh yeah. onto the front lines who who could stop him good, you know good, good callback like hannibal himself it's an extreme callback actually yeah yeah you know, can we uh, talk about the actors the cast in this i was because... gonna say i was actually <laughs> <Christina>. <laughs> i was gonna throw it's just it dinosaurs to you. right 
oh. to say that like please rescue us from this increasingly silly situation that we put well in. you know okay so like i like joe mazzello who played tim murphy i thought he was really like even when i was younger i was like this kid's cute but uh <laughs> he he the, the the kid actors don't sound like adults like this is the problem with macaulay culkin's acting in home alone it's yeah. not really good acting so, but, sounds like just a little a little person that is yeah like, but these a, kids actually seem dude. like kids who are interested in dinosaurs and the yeah. one you know the, it's the, the writing uh, too it, it's it's the writing of the script because like like home alone is written by like an old guy always trying to write for kids yeah I, I, I like the uh, almost, you know, like neurodivergent uh, obsession with dinosaurs that the kid has where he's like, I've read everything and I'm six years old and I have a bunch of questions about it. And can I? And, and like, Sam McNeil's no... like, and, and, yeah. and I love, who does I love... not like kids at all, which yeah, is endearing. I, yeah. I love, yeah, I love that he doesn't like kids. Like, that's like, you don't see that enough in movies. But spoiler alert, like... people who haven't seen the movie, something changes. <laughs> yeah. He has but, an arc. Yeah. Which is different mm-hmm. than the book. In the book, it, it's really funny. Yep. It's like literally verbatim. Like in there, it says something like, uh, Alan Grant always loved children and their like right. wide-eyed curiosity about dinosaurs. It's like on like page like <laughs> 45 of the book. Um, I, I was going to mention if anybody has actually read the book because I actually, well, I saw the movie first, then read the book. Uh, but yeah, I liked, I liked that Crichton and I like Andromeda Strain. Those are the two mm-hmm. Yeah, And shout out to Chip Kidd for that gorgeous cover. I uh, I mean, Crichton passed away when he did. I have to wonder what his fucking climate change takes to be at this point. Like, he was going in yeah. front of, like, the last couple years of his life, he was going in front of the Senate being like, climate science doesn't exist. Like, I have yeah. to wonder, would he have changed his mind about that at this point? Or they had, I don't, also, I don't know why he was the one that went to a Senate hearing to talk about, like, the same time uh, Inconvenient Truth came out. Like, he was the one, like, why why not talk to scientists? Like, why talk to a, an author? That it's more it? fun like, to have the guy that wrote Westworld on. people believe him as some sort of authority on science but if we're talking about actors um i mean which ostensibly we are yes we are ostensibly (laughs) the the usual ones of course like sam neill terrific uh laura dern wonderful i think baby though she's the best kind of nepo baby though like and and i think this is like uh one of my favorite of her roles in her entire career I think this is like the best she's ever looked as well. Uh, and Jeff Goldblum, of course, like transcendent, like brings mm-hmm. Ian Malcolm Fantastic. to life as like a rock star mathematician. I cannot see anyone else doing that role. All right. Yeah. So I have, uh, I guess, uh, blah, 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 like a, a, the Bobby Wine and Jeff Goldblum interview. Oh, God. Friend of the show, Bobby Wine. Amazing. It's, it's terrific. And I think it's... Uh, I, I hope the sound's good enough. I tried to bump it up because it was really uh, low, but I think it's everything you would expect from Jeff Goldblum I, talking to uh, our good friend Bobby. I, I honestly cannot wait for this. It's going so good. Yes. All right. So, Jeff, how are you this morning? I'm very well, Bobby. How are you? I'm great. What, are, are you pleased with the reaction you're getting to the picture? So far, you know, only um, some, some press people and a few friends have seen it, but they're like knocked out out people are like oh this is the biggest thing and it's the best thing and i i've never been to a movie like this i screamed my head off and i i never make noise in a movie but i and the person next to me was grabbing me and uh, it's great (laughs) it's fun how do you think this is going to change children's perception of dinosaurs because kids think the dinosaurs are barney (laughs) and 
And now they're going to find out they're, mm. these are bad guys, mean guys. I know. Well, some of them, you know, the movie is a combination of these wondrous type dinosaurs that just eat plants and they can kind of pet them. And they're these enormous things. And, and then there are these other dinosaurs, Tyrannosaurus rex, who are just the most, more than any animal, I guess, on the planet now, are the most fearsome, big, dangerous, teeth-chewing, people-eating things in the world. I think they'll be scared it's scary but it's thrilling scary but a lot of kids know real dinosaurs anyway aren't they kind of fascinated with learning the names and things of dinosaurs and they know that some of them are dangerous and scary give me your reaction the first time you saw one of the creatures well we were shooting in hawaii for the first two weeks of shooting i think the third day uh, we shoot this scene where people will see it. There's a sick triceratops. It's one of those ones with kind of a hood and kind of a horn. We, I, I came, I hadn't visited the shop where they made these things. And Stan Winston ma made these like life-size real dinosaurs. And I came upon the shooting and there's this kind of hill outdoors. And there was this dinosaur and the people operating it, because it's like a puppet that like 15 people are operating. Some, the one, the breathing one, the blinking one, the tongue are hidden. They're like in a bunker. So I see this dinosaur. I was shocked, shocked. And it's, you can see it on, in the movie and it looks real, but then I went up to it and it was real to touch. And it's a totally real dinosaur. It's amazing. Were you ever frightened working in a scene with them because something could go wrong and, you know, well, that, could that's, get hurt? That's true. And there were some mechanical dinosaurs that weighed tons and big life-size Tyrannosaurus Rex with teeth that had to be kind of right there. But there's never been a movie that I've worked on that where the safety has big has been as well handled as this before. Every scene and shot, every, there'd be a meeting and they'd say, these are the concerns and this is what not to do. So I was not literally afraid for a second. I knew they were beautifully handled. But trying to play the imaginary circumstance. I was trying to play like there wasn't a movie going on, like this thing is really there, and I man tried, managed to get scared. Yeah. Your character has the funny lines in the movie. <laughs> yes, yes. Do you have a favorite funny line from the film? Let's see. People seem to like um, when John Hammond, played by Richard Attenborough, says, oh, come on, it's, I think it's still okay. Disneyland, after all, had some problems when it first opened. I say, yeah, but John... Uh, if the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. One of the best lines. Maybe they should. And and of course, I'm goofy. I'm goofing on Bobby invoking Barney at the time too. But again, let's remember where we're at. She also says, you know, she also says dinosaurs are mean guys. Bad guys. She's very, it's bad very trope like bad that. Dudes, like, bad hombres. Yeah. They're uh, not, but, but they're in not 1992, they're best. They're not. <laughs> 1992, Barney was not only huge but new. Very new in the zeitgeist, and like that's when people thought of dinosaurs. They had, had thought of uh, that. Is that? I think you're. Uh, I think you need to <laughs> slap the mic again. Ah, uh, there we go. Sorry. Um, <laughs> she's got a touch activated mic. Slap yeah. of the mic. <laughs> like... But yeah, Barney was my dude growing when I was a kid. I was born in '93, so like I had all the Barney videos. Oh yeah. <laughs> I also had all the. We I think. Really I think Barney was the homie. Videos like. I, I would love to see Jurassic Park, but they replace all of the dinosaurs with uh, Barney characters. Like, <laughs> they're saying Jurassic baby Park, Bob, they replace it with the house cat. Oh my God, baby and, and the house Bob. cat's right. Oh, <laughs> man. 
I yeah. need to watch Barney again. <laughs> but but well, everything else in the movie is the same, including murderous intent. Yeah. No, no, I yeah. mean it's the same movie, but it's it's Barney characters. Just like, Barney characters. Great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like replace a movie with Muppets. That thing. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was say Goldblum doesn't uh, cite uh, my favorite moment uh, when he's on the uh, the my helicopter. Shirtless. Well, that's a great part too. That's very sexy. <laughs> that's that's uh, less of a part and more of a vibe, and it's through most of the movie. <laughs> and oh, uh, I've been I've been injured. Let me just yeah, yeah just <laughs> he's he's you know kind of sitting back. It's open. It's it's very good. He's nice and glistening uh, when he's on the yeah. the helicopter, and he's like, so you two. Uh, you two dig up dinosaurs, and they say we try to. And his response is uh, something like, <laughs> "Our ha 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 ha." It's very good. His little laugh is wonderful. There's like a DJ remix of it on YouTube that you can find. It's uh, <laughs> oh, it's, it's it's worth your time. Okay, that rules. He uh he he really I mean he does it in the best possible way, but he really hams it up in this movie like full Goldblum. Like this, oh, uh, this is so yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Pete, Pete Goldblum. When you think of Jeff Goldblum, you think of Jurassic Park, like. And and it's because I think of the scene where he says the rape of the natural world and like uh you know I mean obviously everybody quotes the you know just because uh just because they could but you never thought thought to stop and think if you should like that line but like that because entire... it keeps needing to be said over and over again as people do things they shouldn't do. Thank you. Go yeah. ahead. But but like but that entire back and forth right where he's going after uh like Hammond's character or whatever and he says like um you know what what you guys what do you guys call discovery I call the rape of the natural world and he has that smirk like that yeah. Goldblum smirk on his face like he is eating up the fucking room at that point yeah he's got panache he's incredible it's so good uh he's got charisma oh man charisma can I can I talk really briefly about one of my favorite characters and performers in here who I think it's undersung it's uh. British actor Bob Peck, who plays the big game hunter Robert Muldoon. Yeah, clever girl, that guy. Clever girl, yeah. yeah. He is uh, a fantastic actor. Uh, he was in a, a Martin Campbell miniseries that he did before he started doing his kind of 90s output of like James Bond and Mask of Zorro and all that cool shit. Uh, but the last couple times I've watched it, I've just kind of honed in on on him and he's doing such good work. And his character's great. Like he, he's not in the movie very much, but he is he's very special. And he passed away in like nineteen ninety nine, not long like after this movie came out. Uh but but he was a, a really, really phenomenal actor and I love him in this movie, especially his kind of banter with uh Wayne Knight and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, yeah, Samuel Jackson's in this film too. A lot of some people are as like, many really? times have I seen this. Yeah, like, like when I, I rewatched it for the first time, like probably Surprise, I seen it probably motherfucker. I've probably seen it like six or seven times in the last two years. But the first of those, I was like, oh, yeah, Samuel Jackson is in this. And, he and he's, in and this he's, too? he's, he's chain long. smoking. Like he spends the entire he's movie the fucking entire time. chain is smoking this... in, the, in yeah. the computer room. And like, I don't know. There's just something so badass about like fucking Samuel Jackson with like half a fucking cigarette that's like ashing all over the place, like ashing onto the computer <laughs> the keyboard as he's trying to figure it out. Like, just like, yeah, dude, go for it, Samuel L. Jackson. Like, <laughs> and this movie is so great that it's depiction of computer systems, which do not look like 8-bit video games with line art, by the way, uh, is, is completely excusable. Like, it's completely evolved. And also, <laughs> that's not how you do that's how like uh asteroids works like what are you looking at like is this tank like what is what's happening 
I, I also I also love when the kids are in the car and they put in the uh, the the CD and they're like an interactive CD ROM and I feel like that's I the know, right? I'm like, like oh my god, so much has changed. It's like thirty. Oh god, that was oh, that no. was high tech. Thirty business. years this movie's been out. Oh no, it's it's so special though because it's like like you said, Conan. Like none of that technology stuff like trips you up this movie feels like pretty timeless and even when they're like freaking out about like a unix system that is literally just her like basically looking at your file folders like on a desktop and i have to say those uh (laughs) those those, uh driverless cars are a lot more safe than anything elon musk has ever made (laughs) (laughs) you excuse it you you move past it it isn't like a deal break like all right I like the movie Hackers, but Hackers suffers from the same thing of just the technology of the time, right? Where if you can't no. get past it, I get it. For me, it's like, ah, it's fine. Like, whatever. It's, it's kind of hilarious, but it's, it's yeah. goofy. And, you know, and there's always like, like, there's a website called Tech Typing. I think it's techtyping.com. And you can literally just like, you know, type on a keyboard and like a bunch of like random gobbledygook that appears every time someone's hacking the mainframe or whatever in the, in a movie happens. <laughs> and it's one of the best, it's one of the best sites I've ever seen. And I've gotten like lots of laugh out of it, but this is one of the movies. It's like, a, it's like a tech typing movie, right? Because the little girl who uh, is awesome at the time, a lot of people found her very annoying. I think it's a very natural response for a child to uh, be put in this situation to react exactly this way. So I thought those people were obnoxious, but she shows extreme value because remember she's mocked over and over again by her brother. Oh, you're always on the computer. You're always messing around with the computer. And it's like, oh yeah, well, who's laughing now, motherfucker? Like, I'm not yeah. the doors back locked up. <laughs> yeah. The kids did have a purpose in the film is what. Is, yeah, they it, did. It, it, like people are like, why? I'm like, trust me, you, these kids are actually very important. They're actually needed right. like to save more, the world. More than okay? just, like, uh... <laughs> More than just like good character exactly. development for fucking Alan Grant to like, you know, yeah. feel like, oh, maybe, I, maybe, maybe I could have a kid with Laura yeah. during like. And they're not. Even though either. she's like thirty years younger than me, it's fine. Yeah, I'm a dude. She was so like twenty three okay. when this yeah. was. She like twenty three when she did this film. Sure was. She was in that neighborhood. Like yeah, like 27, 26, probably. And Sam yeah, Neill was. She, Older, yeah. we'll say older. He's he's, he's 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 getting closer to forty for sure. Because because there because there there was discourse about about the age gap. I think Lauren Dern's like, yeah, it might have been appropriate at the time. For well, remember, be- possession is out now on streaming which it was not on stream for a long time uh Zlashky's, uh possession and he's in that and that's like 81 and he was like an established actor then oh yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> and, and again this and this is two years after i think two years after until the end of the world which he are again he was like an established actor that was one of those kind of brought him back to people's attention to certain degrees of inventors i mean and obviously it, this it, one it, more it, so it's the, it's second, the second uh spielberg movie we've watched in a row with the problematic age gap that uh Yes. Hmm. The movie because you know at least he's not 15 and you know the the daughter of uh sam sam neil's mentor or whatever in this <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Aaron, yes. uh with, yeah, with Raiders, karen apparently. allen and yeah oh yeah apparently yeah. she's meant to be 15 in the book bonnie was saying and i'm like Ooh. yeah i think that even like when they initially conceived of the script Thanks. they had her like even like a little bit younger like she was supposed to be kind of like a precocious like late teens or 20 year old kind of girl 
and they're glad they struck it but like there's there's some conversation where like yeah she was like 11 when she and indy hooked up the first time it's like you guys like no no, no. one no one in the room no. thought that that was a bad thing yeah and he has he has a literal line where he's like you knew what you were doing you were like close enough to an adult and it's like uh the, the young the younger the creepier the younger she is in that moment the creepier uh that line is like yes absolutely. <laughs> yeah this is what happens you don't let women in the writing room <laughs> and now look women are writing some of the most fantastic things ever like Velma. i'm not gonna name any but <laughs> barbie I maybe mean, we'll see yeah uh <laughs> greta doesn't miss we'll see yeah oh. so stevie uh stevie says uh newman so wayne knight like uh had the just joined seinfeld a year before this movie came out yeah and like obviously you know has blown up in the I mean, the number one, there's the meme that goes around all the time with whatever the fucking thing is that nobody See, cares about. Nobody cares. Yeah. So, like, yes, that's my, my display name Hit yeah. Factory. <laughs> we got Hit Factory here. <laughs> See, nobody cares. I think that meme is going to get real overused um, now that the fucking Republicans are taking the house because there's so many, like, Hunter Biden's laptop. We got Hunter Biden's laptop here. Like, it ain't going to be about nobody, Hunter Biden's laptop. Like, it's going to be about his. <laughs> dick okay like when 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 the, when those hearings happen i'm live and streaming that shit on twitch just to see if i get tos i'm like i can't it's the capital Look. it's all ages we're allowed to see it leave me alone it's a, <laughs> been a long time since we've had a, a dick to obsess on there was anthony weiner there's bill clinton they they're they're like they're they're in withdrawals I was, I was uh, I was thinking about like Republicans in like 1987 with Reagan be like Mr. Gorbachev tear down the wall and then it's like Republicans in 2023 and it's like Hunter Biden tear off those pants we need to see that dick like <laughs> Wayne Knight's great in this uh, I love the the, the 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 again so talking on. about the non real yeah do you like that Andy I just went nope and moving on uh, the as much as I dis dissed on like the Unix system, right? When he has like his like hacker screen where it's like, ah, 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 all timer. Yeah. <laughs> and like just how pissed Samuel Jackson's character is about it too. Is, oh, is man. He's, he's yeah. the classic so annoying guy, right? Like yeah. Wayne Knight, I feel like is the classic, like the most annoying guy, you know, that knows that and is fully taking advantage of that. Whether that's his Newman yeah. and like, you know, just uh, making a Seinfeld's life a living hell and vice versa. Or in this movie, uh, putting that up on screen and like you know just kind of uh, being a devious motherfucker the entire time for money like which you know he gets he wants money fucking Hammond's opening the park for that money uh, you have to imagine it's like a, a Charlie the Chocolate Factory type situation where it's like another you know like the, the guy that comes up to him and is like oh if you uh, if you steal like an everlasting gobstopper I'll make sure that you know because we're going to make our own version of that like it's that yeah. situation I think that he's uh, engaging in <laughs> absolutely yeah, except yeah. for with embryos instead. In a Barbasol can. By the way, that Barbasol can is like the hidden thing. One of the coolest MacGuffins I can think of from that era. Like, I was obsessed with that. I'm like, whoa, that's awesome. Yeah, because I started shaving no, right so around cool. that time. And I was excited because it was the St. Brandon's Jurassic Park. Right. Yeah. You're like, oh, my God, embryos. I think I got the wrong shaving. Uh, the wrong, the wrong... Picked the wrong one. I should have gotten the uh, Cool Whip one. Or whatever. Very cool. Cool Breeze, whatever. Yeah, Nedry's Nedry's. I awesome. use Barbasol in years. I use Edge. Sorry, <laughs> I I use Barbasol now. I've never found one that has dinosaur embryos hiding in the bottom of it. So do you look every time though? That's important. I do look every single time, and I put a little bit on uh, Carly's waffles as they pass by. 
Uh, <laughs> she's walking. It's like, here you go. <laughs> How much uh, of a bummer would that have been, by the way? I'd be like, ah! <laughs> But it's funny. Yeah. It's, the non, it's the nonchalance, right? He's like, so, yeah. he's so annoying. He's so grating. Like even to yeah. the guy who's about to pay him millions of dollars to commit corporate espionage, he like can't be serious. Can't be. Can't be like you know, uh, yep. uh, serene in the moment. Um, there's, there's like, I don't know if you guys know this about this film, but there's like a very storied, like, long list of continuity errors in it, and just like mm. bloopers. And I'm not a big like, you know, I, that shit doesn't bother me. But one of the ones that did trip me up when I was a kid is that when Nedry is stealing all of the dinosaur embryos, like four of the dinosaur names are misspelled. Yeah. <laughs> like like on like on what, the little Andy files that he's pulling up. No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like like they spell like Stegosaurus Ew. wrong. I like Parasaurolophus in there somewhere, I think is wrong. Pachycephalosaur. Like they're they're like a couple of them are just like they're misspelled. They have like multiple like letters like it's just uh i don't know i always remember seeing it and you know being like a like six-year-old dinosaur nerd and being like this is really fucked up that you could do this steven spielberg like someone should have checked this uh i'm all right with it somebody's just sitting on the label maker and like they don't have access to like spell check then yeah (laughs) exactly oh god like i have to look up neutron every single time (laughs) <laughs> Amazingly, yes, I'm sure you. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of Tim Murphy, Joe Mazzello, his next big role is uh, played Paul Shapiro, Begala. Yes, <laughs> yes, Paul Begala really? in Basement, really? an American Crime Story. Oh, isn't that already uh, out? The one with Clive Owen and uh, Beanie Feldstein and everybody, the Monica Lewinsky thing. Yeah, is that? Oh no, I that think, was already out. How come it says it's upcoming? I gotta look. Um, I gotta watch that then, because I'm like Paul Begala. Oh, sweet Paul yeah. Begala. Paul Begala is like the one guy in the entire like Clinton Ghoul factory that like genuinely I think believed nice. that that Bill Clinton like didn't didn't have an affair, like didn't cheat oh. on yeah. Hillary. <laughs> I've, uh, I've watched the first. I've watched the first six episodes of the American Crime Story Bill Clinton thing. It's all right. I mean, it's like it's not it's not bad, but it's like. It's just the scandal, you know what I mean? Like it's not like it uh, has any deep insight into it. They're just kind of recreating it the same way they did, kind of with. I, I feel like they put more into the O.J. Simpson one by a lot, like than they did into the Bill Clinton one. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. But yeah, Joe Mazzella, he doesn't. He 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 was known for doing like a lot of um, stuff, obviously when he was when he was a kid. But he's also most known for playing John Deacon in Bohemian Rhapsody. So like, mm-hmm. is that him always... for real? Oh, yeah, because wow. he looks like him. Ah. He looks like John Deacon. Ah. He's had a couple of like interesting, like little like minor roles. He actually plays uh, Dustin Moskovitz in yeah, the social, in the network. social network. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stevie says, I think of uh, Jurassic Park being run by the people from Tesla and therefore cease to be uh, surprised by the spelling errors. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then there's all the other stuff about it too. None of that surprises me. It's just like, it's billionaire mindset, right? Like it's, there's no way it's not going to get fucked up. You just like capitalism just exponentially grows. Your your desire for the line to go up keeps, keeps uh, pushing you past your limits. And then you wind up with, you know, a guy in your, in your control room who's ready to commit corporate espionage and take down all the fences. Um, what do you guys, what do you guys think of like the clash between um, Hammond's like, uh, I want to make a park for everyone kind of like Walt Disney style uh, yeah. thought process into this. And then the lawyer who's like, we could make a park for the super rich, which you know what I say, because of what happened at Jurassic park, 
I support the park for the yeah. The thing about this, yeah, it's it's, it's like a fire. Let's festival just send uh, thing, right? let's send like all of uh, CPAC over there. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh my god. Uh, Davos is Davos is meeting right now. Just have fucking Davos do their next like, you know, whole summit Jurassic over at fucking park. Jurassic Park. Please. No, I would watch that sequel. That is the sequel that I would watch. <laughs> Yeah, or just have mastodons just come crashing through the the the, the wall when they have it in Russia. You know, you let, let's do this. I'd I'd love to see uh, Jaw Rule put into the uh, put into Jurassic Park somehow, like just like kind of inserted in there, like trying to sell the park, being like, "Listen, I'm one of the biggest investors in Jurassic Park. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be excellent." <laughs> Uh, I think so. The 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 precept of it, which is the having to be the populist available for everyone versus for for the super rich, of course, I and mean, that's very much an artifact of the time. This is the early '90s we're talking about, right? And um, uh, Attenborough's Hammond is very much a also an artifact of the time, but where it was we didn't yep. have these like uh, billionaires occupying every aspect of our culture and completely dominating it in such explicit ways. So the idea of their narratively being one that has like a moral code and like actually wants to do something for people almost Kennedy wise, I guess you would say, right. Like it's sort of like doesn't come from that class, but wants to bring it to them. Yeah. Artifact of its time. It's interesting too the way that like Spielberg imbues Hammond with a lot of like the sort of magisterial qualities that he would kind of maybe wants mm. to possess as a creator as well. Cause in the book, He's like a total like bloodsucker, right? He's like, kind, he's, of a, kind of a jerk in the book. He's, yeah, he's a he's a total asshole in the book. He's like completely just like rent seeking and and like profit driven. And at the end, he gets his comeuppance in the book. Spoiler, sorry, but he gets like totally iced by a group of compsognathists, like like uh, uh, Peter Stormare's character does in the sequel. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, because he like falls down a hill after a raptor attack, and even like as he's getting eaten alive, he's like. We'll do this better next time. Next time when we reopen the park, it's going to be better. And you kind of get the sense that like Spielberg kind of saw a little bit of himself in the like kind of idealistic idea of Hammond. You know, yeah. this person who wants to like create spectacle and give it to the masses and and to be kind of heralded as this sort of you know person who this tip of the spear kind of guy. This this guy who ushers in like a new sort of vision. So and that's but like I, his whole like, like brand Spielberg's thing you know oh, like, big like yeah. et close encounters like jaws I I, mean, I, yeah. I think it's I think it's kind of fascinating though that like um like he's he's trying to ram it through without like any code you know what I mean like any uh because that's why they're building it in fucking Costa Rica like he's trying to ram it through without like government oversight without like regulation without any kind of code for investors that are like oh this might like without any safety codes without any like uh yeah. you know like they have the basic fence yeah, set up no like, union for those uh, for those dinosaur wranglers like like why is <laughs> there should be a union um they, they should totally unionize i i am uh totally that's for wranglers the, uh... local 785 exactly <laughs> but like it's it kind of it's kind of fascinating like uh his kind of populist vision at the same time clashing with like hey we have to get this done as fast as possible because you could think like the general public is going to come there and get eaten alive by fucking dinosaurs and obviously he doesn't think that's going to happen but like uh you know that's that's uh that's kind of the opposite of I think what his intentions are within that. I mean, that, it's just like uh, Elon Musk. I mean, people are getting eaten alive by his Teslas, and um, he, just, <laughs> he just doesn't care. He's, he's trying to present this 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 fun, whimsical uh, character online, and, you know, he's just a reply guy. Yeah, you have to wonder if he was kind of inspired by uh, Jurassic Park-type uh, type fair <laughs> to be, like, this this strange, like, almost carnival-esque figure that, like, comes out of nowhere to be like, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the world, and everyone's like, Dude, like, and I'm too much of a genius for fucking safety regulations. Like, he has that quality. Didn't he, like, that Hammond needs to have too. Uh, okay, all right. 
since it's, we insist on turning back Elon Musk, here's 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 what here's what I'll say is that like I think the idea of like him using uh, not Elon Musk but uh, Hammond in in the movie using like non-union labor and stuff like that. Let's think about the fact that also like the groundbreaking science of there being dinosaurs around. The more people that know, the more chances it gets leaked as well. So from that perspective, yeah, that's understandable as an ethical. Absolutely, I mean, I'm the son of a proud union electrician, uh, so on and so on. I get it, but I think it's a little more excusable in this case. So, uh, so what you're saying the, is that there's no ethical uh, dinosaur. Maybe I would get to say it in Jurassic Park. <laughs> there's no ethical dinosaur cloning under capitalism. Was that was that where you're going with that? No, it wasn't. But I'm a proud member of the Dinosaur Wranglers Local 193. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not just the, I guess it's not just the, the union protections and stuff for, like, just in general, like the, the overall disregard for any, any kind of safety, right? Like, whether it's the guests that come it's, through there or the workers or, you know, because there's going to be a high accident rate in a fucking dinosaur, like, if you're cloning dinosaurs, no matter what. Like, we get, we see a guy get dragged into the fucking cage within the first, like, 10 minutes of this fucking movie. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, yeah. we're not even open yet, you know? Like, and like, that's, like, the, that's kind of the inciting incident is like, hey, we heard that this guy got fucking ripped apart by a dinosaur and like maybe we should have some people check it out and like, you know, see if this park is up to code. And then it's Hammond fine. comes and literally offers to uh to to fund their dig, right? Like to fund the uh, Alan Grant and, and Ellie Sattler's dig. Well, because you know it's not gonna meet any sort of inspection standards, no matter how yeah. good it is, of because course. it's there's no precedent for what he's done. Nothing. Yeah. And and like instead of being regulated immediately, he just wants to get it going. And like what what's the saying? Ask for forgiveness rather than for permission. That's like that's the whole thing of what he's trying to do. And that's why he justifies having I forget the actor's name, but the the um the the Wrangler guy, the 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 actor you're invoking earlier, Aaron. I can't Bob, remember. Pe Bob Peck, uh, Muldoon. Muldoon, thank you. Yeah. Uh, that's why, like, his justification is, well, we got Muldoon, he'll sort it. <laughs> that guy's awesome. You know, like, and, and, and like, and like he, but he's not coming at it from the perspective of someone that's nefarious about it. He just is being almost naive in his way because, again, the super rich never get, they don't, you don't surround yourself with, with people that say no when you're super rich. Right? And, you, and, this, and you see that within that scene where, uh, you know, he's like, oh, I, I welcome all opinions. And then fucking, you know, Jeff Goldblum tears him a new one. And then fucking Ellie Sattler's like, hey, maybe we should actually study this. And he's like, you know, you guys were supposed to be the ones on my side because he's funding their dig. Like, he sees yeah. it as a monetary transaction almost uh, that they're yeah. at the table. In the first like, like, people forget that even though Jeff Goldblum's sort of with Lauren Dern, you know, he, he's actually probably the smartest one of the bunch. Well, he's the he's the he's, Michael Crichton stand-in. Like he's yeah. the you know. he, he, yeah exactly. But he's also so here's a p opinion. I don't think this movie works without him. I don't think it works without uh, Jeff Goldblum specifically because he's got yeah. the swagger too. He's got the swagger yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's correct. Right? He's the first uh, mathematician that ever got laid and had like X Y. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. I, Lots I mean, of X Y. You know, the only other person who could do it was Zizek, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be a totally different film at that point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What if you replace uh, Jeff Goldblum with Slavoj Zizek? Yeah, different film. Yeah. I think it sounds a little something a like little this. Little different. <laughs> yeah, life, Aaron. life, find, find the way, <laughs> and so on. And so <laughs> Aaron, uh, what were you gonna say? Uh, I, I didn't have anything specifically, but I was going to say, I, I guess in my mind, I was thinking as we were talking about this, that part of the reason that I like the lost world so much is that it actually like leans into like the cynicism towards the corporate entities like sure. uh, you know, Peter Ludlow, um, John Hammond's nephew in this. He's again, like one of these like totally profit driven guys who's like taking control of the company so that he can go to Isla. 
Elisorna, Elisorna, uh, and get all these dinosaurs, bring them back, even more like King Kong than the original Jurassic Park in terms mm-hmm. of premise. Um, and yeah, it just like has a field day with that. It makes them so fucking venomous. It like, you know, even like repurposes scenes from like uh, Howard Hawks, Hatari, uh, about like these like big game, like hunters, like out, like, you know, capturing all these animals on the African plains. And yeah, it just, it just makes them so awful. And it like gets that this thing doesn't stop, right? Like there, there's always like some new guy with too much money and no yeah. actual vision, but just like a completely like bereft of any sort of morality and like totally just like unafraid of facing any sort of consequences because he's never actually faced any serious ones. And just like, I'm, I, I don't care how many people die. I don't ha- care what this does. I just, I, I want to make money. And yeah, I don't know. I, I appreciate the lost world a lot. Um, we, we and and, this, and then this is kind of the same attitudes as body by like the lawyer, but you don't really get it explored, right? Like you don't get, and I've seen the lost world like as a kid, I don't, I don't like it was long. I have it on VHS. I have the, the first three Jurassic park movies on VHS that I got at the uh, library fair somewhere, yeah, but, oh, um, yeah. but uh, all on one tape in SLP mode. <laughs> no, it's it's, it's, oh, the real, yeah. like, it's the real ones, but they were yeah, just like, kind of. Mice probably are too. Still I re- I remember you can put the... three movies on one tape. Yeah, they look terrible. <laughs> I remember <laughs> the <laughs> the Lost World VHS has a hologram on the cover of it. That yeah, has... it's like a silver. It's like a silvery cover, and the, like they tried to make it look extra cool, so you buy it in the fucking in the store. Yeah, and yeah. when you turn it, it looks like a T Rex smashes through the logo. It's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. So I so I have that I have that in the shed like I have my move like my VHS tapes in the shed all in like sealed boxes so I didn't end up going out and like trying to find them but uh for today because I was tired but um <laughs> also I also was gonna uh, go into the shed and find my I had this very large uh, book that had illustrations of like every dinosaur and like as a kid when I was like six or seven like I memorized like you know as many as I possibly could and it was like I'm gonna I'm gonna do this and then I watched Jurassic Park as like a little kid like as a kid like I watched Jurassic Park way too young. I was like, this seems cool. I'd do this. I'd study these things. I'd go to Jurassic <laughs> well, Park. <laughs> again, that goes back to the Rigs of Dad podcast question. If Jurassic Park was real, would you go? Right? Because it, it, it shouldn't be as just a snap answer of yes or no. But it needs to be regulated heavily. Yeah, heavily yeah. send me in with uh with all these sketchbooks. Um, because because I'm gonna be drawing them dinosaurs. You you could see a, a like a version of Jurassic Park where Hammond has to go in front of like a Senate hearing. And like, yeah. uh, see, that's like, a cooler. Yeah, that that that's a that, so that's like a uh, different type of sequel, right? When when you think about like you know like that's an aliens versus alien type of sequel where they kind of turn around and say Gremlins two versus Gremlins, where where something you you take what makes the original cool but like flip it around in a new and interesting way, and that would be cool. They didn't make that movie though ever. Any of they, they do Senate hearings a little bit in uh the second jurassic world film if i remember correctly, the one that that's the, one, that's the only yeah. one i haven't seen which and apparently the, the only redeemable one of the of the three in the jurassic world trilogy you get uh you get like ted cruz standing up being like i hear the dinosaurs have pronouns at jurassic park <laughs> <laughs> well they are that. trans we've established that well and you know we've got these all female yeah, m&ms he, like, that are are bugging out uh tucker carlson so it's just you got the new dinosaur they themosaurus <laughs> can, can you just see alex jones though just like it's the frogs the frogs are making the bell <laughs> but oh, no. okay so 
that's still not enough to make me see the movie uh honestly i i, I don't know like <laughs> I, I i just i'm not like andy i, I won't watch things i, I know suck <laughs> Fair enough. that's me I, it's, it's, it's my choice my it's my thing i, I it's would the, say it's the only up... one that does something unique it does it like leans right. into like gothic okay. horror elements at the end Ooh, i love gothic uh, horror. look up the scene where the uh, volcanoes erupting because that is one of the most beautifully shot dinosaur scenes you will ever see and it is far superior than anything in that movie all right. Uh, speaking of beautiful visuals, uh, it's something that I had, there's so much action in Jurassic Park that I think it's easy to forget about. That first tableau where you see like all of the uh, brontosauruses um, just like grazing and like hanging out together, and then they they go up in the trees. They're in okay. herds. They do they do go in herds. <laughs> uh, and 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 again, so I feel incredibly lucky because uh, first time I saw it, I saw it on the big screen. Right, I saw it in the movie theater, and and I think there's something. It's re, it's a really cool scene, even if you watch on like some you know, a phone or iPad, I'm sure too. But there's something about like seeing that and just being like, oh wow, like it gives you a sense of scope and scale that is so internalized that you may not think about it as a movie. You maybe you're thinking about the Velociraptors, like you know, opening the door and things along those lines, and you should. But that is just such an incredible visual, and that's like pure Spielberg. Pure Spielberg and and uncut. Used, I think it's used in a very. I think it's used in an amazing context, which is that they get onto the island. Of course, your first reaction as a paleontologist or a paleobiologist is to be like, "Whoa, fucking dinosaurs!" Yeah, like they're exactly how I pictured them. Like their their necks are, you know, uh, this amount of thing. And then he's like correcting it. It's like this big shiny object. And then within yeah. the next twenty minutes, they totally kind of deconstruct that. Um, I mean, I don't know if the movie really like delves into it enough, but like, you know, as they go through like the, oh, well now there's eggs that they're fucking cloning. You know what I mean? Like they assume yeah. that it's going to be, and then the chaos theory thing comes, comes into play there. And then they're in the meeting and it's like, well, maybe we should study this a little bit. And he's like trying to ram it through. It's like, as that happens, like the, the initial, um, the initial, like, whoa, like fucking dinosaurs are here. Like it's, I, I like that you watch that fade away very quickly. The, the part two that that's yeah. great about it is you see everybody's reaction except you know except Laura Dern doesn't see it because she she finds a leaf and she is so obsessed with that leaf and then Sam Neil just reaches over and turns her head and then right, you right. just see her slowly like that stand up Check and it's just out. like like yeah. uh, that whole thing because 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 you're not seeing anything yet you're just seeing their reaction and you you, yeah. you know so so you're like like what is it what is it what is it and it is so worth it because the effects are really do hold up to this day that scene where you finally get to see what that what the what that is it's it's you know uh it's like when i was uh you know like when you read uh, a great comic book where the pacing is just right you know and you get that great turn pay you know page turn um it, it's just like that and i it's i a big always, splash page is that be the yeah i mean dark knight returns is i think is a great example of it you know where, where you get yeah. like all these smell panels and you're just racing through these panels and then all of a sudden you turn the page there's no words on that splash page but it's batman yeah. riding a fucking horse right at you and you're like fuck yeah that's that's the dinosaurs in this movie is that that, well, that it's, page turn that's <laughs> and that reveals one of the great cinematic yeah. scenes right i mean if, if you think of like any award show like you know like when they do a scene from jurassic park what are they doing they're either doing that or they're doing like you know the t-rex with the uh eating the velociraptor or something which is also or, or the water story. the water in the cup yeah well in retrospect a lot of times they do the uh i mean it's the same scene but they do just the line like welcome to jurassic park and it's like the camera yeah. moves out which is you know I remember, I remember but that sense um, of on wonder where, where, where I think what Andy was getting at, and I want to put words in his mouth, but like where it's almost like uh, Laura Dern is, is a, a stand in for the audience. 
to a certain degree and like yes. oh shit you you're not going to believe what you were about to see they, and then they you see all it and you're like you're right i don't degree. believe it amazing and, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so an element that we never really discuss in any situation that i kind of am always fascinated by because i took like film classes uh i found something where it's the foley artist explaining how they came up with some of the noises that you see the dinosaurs yeah. make yeah. and that's yes. the element yeah. of like uh sound design in this shit. is freaking yeah, awesome dope. it's so yeah good. we need a foley artist on this show like, 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 not, not as a, not to do Foley work, but, but to, to talk. To <laughs> I, I had a, I had a really, <laughs> I had a really fun class where we did Foley art work. Like we came up with different things and like, we were in this, uh, we were in a recording studio and we would just like play with a bunch of things. I still have like videos of me kind of trying stuff out. Like there was like a little thing that you could scratch your hands and make it look like a, make it sound like you're walking on snow. Like, I mean, you know, it, it wasn't like a, like a high tech setup. It's like, you know. SUNY college so <laughs> but yeah. it, I had I had a lot of fun doing that so when I saw the Foley artist thing I was like hell yeah I want to want to hear this I want to hear this Foley artists we create the sound effects for things that characters do and we usually do them inside the studio we're gonna do a scene for the dinosaur the little baby dinosaurs hatching and so we need a sound of the egg cracking, the wet sound of the egg inside, and then one of the major characters gets the dinosaur little baby in his hand and sort of pets it and wipes the goo off. So Foley comes in and does all of those sound effects. These large ice cream cones will end up being the uh, egg cracking sound. The cantaloupe is more of the wet sound. We'll put a little goo on this, and this becomes the dinosaur skin. And then the editors come in and make it absolutely perfect. Mixers mix it perfect, and then you have the end product. Very good. Push. Push. Very good. Push. Come on. Come on. Come on, that has got to be the coolest freaking job on the face of the planet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, amazing. I love, I love that it's literally a cantaloupe though that she has in there. I know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> this isn't a tangent, but if you've ever seen the movie, um, oh, this um, is about to be a crazy tangent. Yeah. No, there's a there's a fun Spielberg movie, Murder a Murderland, uh, or oh, what is that called? I can't remember the name of it, but it's it's a direct it's it's written by George Lucas. It's it's a, a Radio Land Murders, and uh, uh, they have a Foley artist as one of the characters, and it's just <laughs> wild because a good chunk of the movie is just uh, you know showing the Foley artist stuff, and it looks like the funnest job in the world. And, and to top it off, they have um, uh, Doc Brown himself playing the uh, the Foley artist in the movie, so so it's even you know it's even funner. I mean, I guess there's right. some degree there's like like there's like blow up, right? There's a uh, mm -hmm. like which has a lot to do with like recorded sound, and again, as we've established, one of Travolta's more interesting roles. Uh, but but yeah, like I, that's what you find a point on, and that's a change topic immediately. But like I do like how Hammond is like honestly parental almost to like to the dinosaurs, like has a deep affinity for them, and I think that that characterization in shorthand tells you a lot about his character and why he does some of the things he does. Uh, and 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 I'd I'd forgotten about that until like a, a deeper rewatch rather than just like oh it's on and it's I'm checking it out. It's like oh yeah, like he honestly seems like 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 he thinks of them as, as his children. Like it's it's kind of crazy. 
And though they never really like uh, play out the whole, uh, you know, the imprint on you kind of thing. Like they don't yeah. like because you could you could imagine like a version of this movie where like he steps out in front of the Raptors to like, you know, be like to stop them or something like thinking like, oh, I've imprinted on them. And then they just rip him to shreds. Um, but uh, I, isn't I wanted... that what Chris Pratt's uh, character was supposed to do? I kind of blocked most of that movie from my memory, to be honest. Again, watch it. Watch it on a plane. I, I wasn't that like the whole deal with what, why they respected him. Plane. <laughs> that's how you pronounce that movie by the way aaron is plain i mean you gotta you want to claw at the screen and say plain that movie one looks fantastic and two i love that title i think it's what <laughs> it got good reviews what the fuck i think it's, it's a butler it's a... film every drawer butler film is the same uh, plain plain is what i'd good. call uh, plain is what i call my osama bin laden my osama bin laden biopic would be called plain but um uh the, so the last thing i want to talk about before we go to like uh two it's one, been tw- one, over 20 years and two soon one liners uh i live in new york it's fine i, I can i can, right. I can, you, I can you can say it exactly. exactly um so uh this is this is a clip that uh i guess it was the 30th anniversary they did a bunch of stuff for uh the you know uh they did a bunch of like a oh. whole press run for a re-release so this is this is uh sam neil talking <laughs> about the bad reaction he got to his american accent which is why I made the you know the joke where it's like he's like um they do move in herds like there's certain times I guess in this movie that he does not full like fully follow through on that accent. Um, yeah. Also, should he need a beard? <laughs> I get a lot of flack to this day. Sam Neill's American accent in Jurassic Park was a load of T-Rex poo. <laughs> They're moving in herds. They do move in herds. On day one, and, and it was the day we fried the kennel on the electric fence. <laughs> the day we but, fried the kid. Yeah. <laughs> you wonder why he cast Sam Neill to play this role. That's so you. Uh, anyway, he came up to me halfway through the, through the day and he said, Hey, Sam, you know the accent we, we were talking about? I said, yeah, I've been working on it for four weeks or something he said don't worry about it just use your own voice i said that's great Stephen. thank you so much and then four days later he came up to me and said you know that voice you're using now i said yeah my my, my voice he said somewhere in between <laughs> God. he definitely worked with both of us on the relationship yeah and he was very specific about it. We were in different places in our lives and he was never gonna settle down. She was a serious scientist who also was gonna want a commitment and a life that wasn't just at a dig site. You know, I think his trying to figure out how we do that also given that we wanted the character to be somewhat of a feminist within this rather male-dominated construct of the action movie and adding dialogue that supported her being a badass feminist. And, you know, and so that was important to me and to Steven. So those were our conversations, which I really appreciated. Mm -hmm. We didn't rehearse. Everything was in the moment. He loved us trying things. He loves making movies in such a delicious way, right? That enthusiasm. Yeah, we were never not able to improvise or come up with a funny line. Ellie's got that uh, that great line too about uh, you know we we can discuss what was he we can discuss your 
yeah, yeah, gender politics in a, in a crisis or something along those lines. It's 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 just kind of a throwaway line, but it, yeah. it, it lands so nicely. Whatever it is. Well, because he's like, uh, and he's he's awkward about it. Fucking Hammond, because you can tell him is probably like the, the the old style kind of misogynist type, even though he's yeah. like a coward. Uh, so he's like, well, I'm a, and you're like, he doesn't want to say like man and woman. Like, oh, I was, <laughs> yeah. I was going with you, and she's like, really, we're gonna talk about that right now? Like, uh, yeah. I, I love it, how. I love how interested Jeff Goldblum is in like what Lauren Dern and and Sam has to say. It's I'm like, he just seems like a cool guy to hang out with. He's very interested yeah. in what Laura Dern has to say. <laughs> yes, he, he, even yes asks, he is. Even asks Grant later on. He's like, so you two are. Uh, yeah. Well, and and he is, he's gotten repeatedly divorced, which I think is a really funny detail. He's like, well, I'm always I'm always uh, looking for the uh, the 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 next uh, you know Mrs. Malcolm. <laughs> and, uh, I'm always looking like, for oh, a future ex, Mrs. Malcolm. And, That's right, and, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, future ex, yeah. But like, no, it's just funny that like uh, he's. I don't know. I just feel like his personal life is a shit show in this, and he's just always fucking like creeping on fucking women at the bar, like trying to explain chaos theory, being like, you know, uh, the, the 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 butterfly effect is, uh, uh, you know, I I just here. Let me just touch your shoulder. Oh, the butterfly while flaps I... his wings, <laughs> and you end up in my bed. Has anyone ever tried the water drop test, like to pick up a girl? Oh man, before? I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't possibly. No, it's not not, not my vibes. But uh, it's, uh, I, I mean, I, I go the Sam Neil route and name my chicken after Laura Dern, which he did. Yeah, <laughs> I go the Sam Neil route and just pull out something sharp and use it to freak out a kid by slicing it around his belly. Well, I and I. <laughs> Yeah, I love I love at the, that at the jump. I love that that's like how you'd be like, oh, this guy. All right. <laughs> because, because in retrospect, it feels like autistic adult talking to autistic kid. Like yeah. the, the, the lack of connection there. He's like, because the kid's like, because he has no social skills and the kid has no social skills, right? So yeah. the kid's like, you know, some of the random like chubby fucking kid that's like on the dig site or whatever. That, who Which knows is who. Chris Pratt, right? <laughs> so he's no the kid just like really? oh. is that no yeah no, no. like okay. raptors raptors are so it's cool and he's like and so he his lack of social skills is just like you know like oh it's cool it's cool if they rip your stomach open with this giant claw that i found that's cool to you and the kid's fucking freaked out and he's just blank stare uh at yeah. the kid to be like listen i i don't i don't do kids it's like almost like a larry david uh level of yeah, larry uh, like, whoa yeah. dial it back there a touch <laughs> You think it's you think it's uh you think dinosaurs are cool? You think dinosaurs are all Barney? No, no, they're not. They're gonna rip you to shreds. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty fantastic. Uh, I I one thing I want to get one thing I want to get in. I forget how, how funny this is. There, there's some incredibly funny moments. Uh, and speaking, Sam Neill actually gets a really good one when he's developing like more affinity for the kids when like they get to the electric fence and he puts his hands on it and then it's like like acting like he's getting yeah. shocked and then like both the kids like freak out and of course you know like uh one of them thinks it's funny one of them thinks it's not funny at all but like as an audience member it's hilarious <laughs> especially for the first time i got lost my shit when i saw that for the first time and like, and, I, and i like that these are both uh billionaires kids or you know multi-million grandkids yeah. or whatever right like they're they're kids that are right. like out of out of touch with uh the com the common folk i guess right like, they're, like, and that manifests differently for each of them Right. Yeah. I mean, like one of them kind of she buries herself in the world of computers and like one of them, like, <laughs> said, like esoteric knowledge. And uh, but it makes sense because they, they're they're almost socially uh, outcast to a certain degree by nature of their privileged position. The fact that they could be like kidnapped at any moment in time or whatever. Right. 
I also like that he keeps uh, like Hammond keeps kind of worrying about his grandkids. He's like, someone should go save my grandkids. And then every time he's like, are the are the grandkids okay? But then he goes back to whatever he's doing. He's like, oh right, the grandkids are, are they are they good? Have you has anyone rescued my grandkids? <laughs> Anybody heard from them? <laughs> I mean, well, the grandkids. Not, not my actual grandkids. Like, <laughs> the grandkids. Um, usually, the idea is as long as they turn up alive, it's probably going to be okay. <laughs> do you want? But do you want to do uh, Cretaceous uh, letterboxed? You know, one one liners. I would love to, Forrest. So, of course, uh, letterboxed is a place for film, a social media site where people get to talk about film at, with, and to each other. The films they love, the films that they didn't love. The uh, films that they uh, hid away inside a barbasol can and uh, tried to scoot off the island for industrial espionage. Of course, all of this is best expressed succinctly. Uh, everybody can have their say, not just the Siskels and Eberts of the world. Uh, but yeah, keep it short. You know, keep it succinct. Uh, work on your tight five. Uh, and of course, that allows us to throw these up on the screen, carefully selected so that we can react to them and uh, show you these clever little bon mots. Nature will find a way. And so will we. These are the letterbox one-liners for Jurassic Park. It's no carnosaur, but it's I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. I like that though. They did uh, concede in your five stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's five stars. It's fine. <laughs> they were like, "This is my bit," but you know, Jurassic Park is still pretty good. Yeah, carnosaur is my jam. Have any of you seen Carnotaur? No. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> I it looked bad, so I didn't watch it. Well, it came out the same year as this movie, and uh, yes. it is. Can you, can you imagine? Special effects are very bad. Oh. <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah, it, like, it was... Our dinosaur movies finally coming out, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you, or you could, uh, you could imagine a, a, a Jurassic Park style plot where someone's doing corporate espionage, and because uh, they weren't allowed to really talk about this movie, so someone from the set leaks it to somebody else who goes. I'm gonna make my own dinosaur movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna really show that fucking Steven Spielberg, you know, <laughs> and then it's terrible. They make it terrible. <laughs> There's a Carnosaur too, apparently too. Wow. Yes. Oh, my, my friend James Burns rated Carnosaur five stars, by the way, but he likes terrible things. <laughs> uh, Carnosaur two, Jurassic Boogaloo. Got it. <laughs> I think we should give this dinosaur thing a chance. <laughs> no. Next thing you know, you got like a dinosaur president. <laughs> like, look, this is who the Republican Party nominated. I don't think he's any different from like a Mitch McConnell. Like, yeah, he's a Velociraptor. <laughs> it's like a Velociraptor in a sweater vest with some smart-looking reading glasses. <laughs> Romnisaur. <laughs> the T-Rex coming in clutch at the end will always go hard agree mm -hmm. that is an objective statement of fact that that scene that scene is like the, the the uh and just to let you know i know what i'm doing boom well and also uh, i think that there's a, a whole thing about like raptors really being the scary one right like t-rexes yeah. are fucking terrifying because they're big but like raptors are fucking terrifying because there's multiple of them they surround you and they're willing to eat pretty much anything like i, I like that the raptors kind of get their due in this movie so why that works for me is that they spend a lot of time telling you about it, but then they show it to you, which is most of the last 30 minutes of the movie. They yeah. show you just how terrifying they are to the point that like, again, when I rewatched uh, like whatever in 2020, I was like, I remember this being earlier in the movie and way longer because <laughs> that's how much of an effect it made. 
Really? I remember I I always remember it in the end because it's like uh it's like they, they kind of get to safety and then the Raptors are like the last thing to worry about. Yeah, yeah well like, I get it now. I'm just saying that's why I thought at the time, all right? Whatever. No, I I know, but what I'm saying is like I always <laughs> felt like it was almost like a, a predator style uh thing, right? Like like yeah. the, the dinosaur, like they've defeated kind of all the dinosaurs, they've gotten to safety, and then it's like these are the actual dinosaurs that you have to worry about yeah. because they know how to fucking open doors and they are yeah, fucking yeah. terrifying. And you're terrifying because one of them will come up to you. And they're they're like your size, but one of them will come up to you, and then the other two sneak through the back, and that's like the most terrifying thing. Uh, between that and um, obviously the the spitter, um, you know that that fucking yeah. like like those are the two most terrifying things. Like one because it's kind of cute and like uh, you know just kind of jumping around, and then all of a sudden the fucking frill comes out. And I have a I have a toy still. I have an action figure of that oh, where, you can, where you pull it, and then it goes <sighs> like I still have that somewhere in, in this house. But um. Uh, yeah, like those are the two terrifying ones because uh, dinosaurs had some had some ways of like, uh, you know, actually like adapting to shit that was pretty fucking intense. But then I like also that it, um, Spielberg doesn't let you uh, miss the scope and scale because like you get so tied up in like them trying to get them and like the skeleton collapsing or whatever. And then you just see like the T-Rex come and gobble one up like a cat with a mouse. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, Jesus Christ, of course. Yeah. And that's that's their rescue. Right. And that's that's why it's a great that's a yeah. fantastic game. But also, I mean, T-Rexes are like kind of terrifying cuz they're big, but they're not like like well, number one, I like the whole uh like motion thing where he where where like when the T-Rex first comes, he's like, "Listen, if you don't move, they can't really tell you're there." Like this is not like a a fully adapted dinosaur, right? Like this this dinosaur survived cuz yeah. it's big. And um I also like uh when uh I, I don't know, just like the arms, right? Like I feel like this movie started kind of T-Rex arms discourse. Where like they're just they're, they're not they're not really designed. If if you're if you're not like right in its path, like you're kind of safe from a T Rex. That is yeah, yeah. not the fucking case for uh, Velociraptors. For, for that's not the case for something sure. like Spitter. Like that's not the case for something more adaptable. But it, it gives you the many moods of danger on Jurassic Park, and uh, in, in, in terminating one scene of one type of danger with with another, and it's uh, very mm-hmm. uh, exquisite. All right. Haha, ha, unless they learned how to juggle. Cuts to Velociraptors expertly juggling. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're safe unless they learned, uh, unless they, 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 they learn how to play cards. And then I don't know, they're unstoppable. You see, fucking, they they're playing card card Monty or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> I like that they're doing, like, they're doing a grifters game. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm a Velociraptor. Come, come on down and see the amazing three card Velociraptors. Lady, lady, who's got the lady? <laughs> If you can find the yeah. ball, I won't eat you. <laughs> <laughs> Yet another movie where I want to punt the children. <laughs> won't somebody please punt the children? <laughs> a tough stance. Uber driver on the way home from the airport put this on. No conversation, just dinosaurs and vibes. 10 out of 10 experience. <laughs> I agree. I, that would be awesome. I also, I, I like the idea of like a, they call an Uber and like an Uber driver pulls up at the last second and then sees the dinosaurs and is like, oh no, I'm out of here. And like, speeds <laughs> 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 off. <laughs> that might be in the new one. How do I know? Those dinos wouldn't stand a chance against me. <laughs> sure. There was a lot of iterations of this one, but this, this is my favorite. <laughs> Let's just pretend this is the only Jurassic Park movie featuring these wonderful characters and amazing dinosaurs. Testify. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Aaron. There's they're, one more uh, good one. Not. There's one more good one. <laughs> and a whole bunch more that are just yeah. objectively terrible. But, but like like the, the other good one is a much of uh inferior quality to this one. I, I think well, they it's a different kind of movie. 
I think they should have gone with some like straight to DVD uh, Jurassic Park ones. Dinosaur too. Dinosaurs, wet uh, and wild. Like, oh <laughs> call this call this thing. number. <laughs> Would still go. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think at, at this point in my life, yes. But like I, my my answer to the Jurassic Park uh, would you go question is like how good is your life going like how how much are you willing to risk to uh, you know to see dinosaurs right now I think do you overestimate people's uh, capacity for understanding that they can die a lot of people are not going to be thinking yeah. that far ahead this isn't my I mean, this isn't my universal answer stomach this isn't my universal <laughs> answer this is my this is my answer for me. Like this is my answer. My answer. You gotta you gotta approach it the same way you approach like buying a new piece of technology, which is you do not ever buy the first generation. (laughs) You let you you let those people deal with all the fucking bugs. They fix some things, and then by the time they do it the second time, and some people's faces have been seared forever by it blowing up or whatever, you know, like now you can go because you know that they've rectified the like very obvious issues. I'm uh, I'm not gonna go for the uh, dinosaur shuffle. I think I'm gonna go for the dinosaur nano. Um, when they drop, <laughs> See, you'll, you you let the people that do base jumping uh, all the time go first, right? And then if they can, <laughs> if they came back okay. Then there you go. I strongly relate to Jeff Goldblum in this film because in this scenario, I too would just walk around being sexy and flirting with Laura Dern, then get injured at literally the first instance of danger, and spend the rest of the time lying dramatically on a table, still being sexy and annoying everyone with my top off this time. <laughs> yeah. but he's uh but he's truly like he's hamming it up like there's there's oh yeah it's, the level of the level of ham uh in, I, you know deliciously yeah deliciously. Like, this is peak jeff goldblum and this is peak, peak jeff, jeff goldblum also because he's allowed to do his hemming and hawing which is what he calls it he's like uh mm, mm, ha, ha, yeah, mm, yeah. Mm. so mm-hmm. the, like the life the life um mm, mm, finds a way lion is like it's classic yeah. because he's at his he's at his uh theatrical peak and it works because he, his character is theatrical and he's, he's teasing about Sometimes I forgot he did the fly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I have a theory about that that Cronenberg actually did mix with his DNA in the fly to get the effects to come out so good. And then they had to put extra Jeff Goldblum in him. So that way in this movie, he is just peak Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, oh, no, he's too fly. much. It's, it's too just much, Goldblum too much fly. We need to add 50% more hemming and hawing. Let's do this. And they add it. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, mm-hmm. they're like, <laughs> There he is. There's Jeff Gold. There's there's the guy I know that you know takes uh, a million years to get to the point. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. I also, I also like in the in the uh, Laura Dern where where they're talking about uh, Sam Neill's accent and the Vanity Fair thing. He's still ogling Laura Dern. Like yeah, throughout that. that's like, not, he's, he's like Dern, just watching her. Relatable. Like this, like. Most most relatable thing on the planet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, those are a lot of box one-liners for Jurassic Park. Please follow the show. That's Newman over there. Uh, moving to extravaganza. That's, that's your host for us. They can, uh, you can see everything that the show covers over there following him. I, of course, am Conan dinosaur wranglers, local 193 neutron. And you can, uh, follow me along, uh, highbrow, midbrow, everything kind of in between, uh, follow me, join me in the criterion challenge. Uh, the people have started doing that, so I'm starting. In, I'm inciting people to do that as well. Uh, I am on Letterboxd, and I am probably the most active one here. Uh, Tim Murphy over there. Uh, Christina is uh, waiting for her next big idea, but you can uh, follow her. Of course, there uh, is it. Cosmopolitics and it's usually I can't. Remember I got. I got to change it. 
Okay. That's how long I've been on Letterboxd. <laughs> it's tagged on uh, it's tagged on my uh, on my list as well. Of course, uh, Aaron Hit Factory. Uh, the Hit Factory account is you. It's I think it's just Hit Factory Pod, if I remember correctly, right? At Hit Factory Pod, that is me. Yep. So follow Aaron on there. That's a great show. It's one of the only ones I listen to it and like. Uh, J. Andrew Velasso Raper, really? World? Wait. Uh, <laughs> you you want to say rapper? Because I was wondering about that this entire time. <laughs> I was like, that's a different movie, my dude. And I have no doubt that you've seen it because you watch all the weirdest stuff. So everyone else doesn't have to. Well, maybe something can. <laughs> this is this is Beavis, dinosaurs. There's dinosaurs. They're bringing. They're they're raping. They're bringing crime. And some of them, I assume. Are good people <laughs> uh, is watching all the weirdest stuff, uh, and you can follow him as well uh, on Letterboxd. J. Andrew World, I'm not going to say the nickname. Uh, take it away with plugs, please. Thank you. All right, you're watching this on YouTube right now. Please do those YouTube things like, comment, subscribe, hit that bell. Uh, and the big uh, ask is to watch the video to the end. Uh, you get a great Conan Neutron song out of it, and that helps uh, other movie fans find our content. Um. We're on uh, various social medias. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, those are the big ones. You can also find us a few other places. Uh, um, not not Mastodon. Um, but, but... <laughs> I can't remember my Mastodon password, my guy. I'm serious. Yeah, I no. say that. I'm, I'm like, like, I, I mean, oh, I'm, really still, I'm still posting on Mastodon and Hive, but but whatever. I mean, like, like uh, it's just the show. Like, whenever the show goes live, that's it. <laughs> It's part of my show promo. Uh, I think we, now, we but... got a we have a Discord still, right? Does anybody use that? I yeah, know. I don't know. I'll have to check. You guys really should consider doing like movie nights in the Discord, like on a on a Saturday or a Sunday. Watch the film or films. That's what Jason yeah, did. Jason was counter programming us during Raiders. He was, he was like they were like watching <laughs> stuff on their on their. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so or um, I could be in charge of that. Who the, I, yeah, I, I, I hereby nominate you. Do we have a seconding? Second, <laughs> see, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Aye. 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 she's not, she's not quiet quitting, she's getting more involved, Conan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big thing, we also have a Patreon. Um, so, so the Patreon really does help us out. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, it gets us uh, the ability to uh, quiet quit like uh, Christina did. Or, <laughs> um, uh, but, but what it does for you is you have access to our after parties forever. Let's get a slap when I had some of that Foley shit. Like I put a yeah. can of work in there, like, <laughs> like rub a pineapple. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so Conan. Yeah, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> Don't know what this is, but okay. Good. Are, are you ever going to have a Foley artist uh, on uh, Protonic Reversal? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Next question. This week, right? <laughs> no, no Protonic this week. Uh, heading out to the big shoe. Big shoe. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited for that. Also I'm kind the only of, one uh, not going from the podcast. I, amazing. Amazing. Also kind of anxious to uh, to you know turn the old camera on for the first time in in like a year and make sure it still works. I'm sure it does, but like I always have low the, battery. Like, yeah. Well, I always just have that slight like of anxiety because like, I've had my camera for like four years or whatever. I was at that slight think of anxiety. Like, this, this is a canon, so it's gonna last. But like, is it? Is it gonna last? Like, yeah. <laughs> just, just FaceTime uh, me, okay? 
<laughs> we're like, I'd be like fucking drunk at the show. I'm here with Sam Cedar, Christina. I'm here with Sam Cedar. He's got a message for you. The restraining order is lifted. Don't worry, I talked to him for you. <laughs> right. Come on, Velociraper, take control of your bit. Let's go. Yeah, uh, no, I was having internet problems while this was all going on, so I don't even know what y'all are talking about. It doesn't matter. Move on. Uh, I think we're still on my phone, okay. right? Yes, yeah. Uh, oh, friends at bandcamp.com. That's where you can get all yes. of Conan's music. Um, and uh, you, uh, you got, uh, yeah, you can get, get real it. copies. <laughs> you can get, uh, you can get on vinyl, you can get it on CD, you can get it digitally. Um, however, you choose to have your music uh, sent to, you know, it, it, wh- wh- however you want to put it into your ear. Uh, Conan has it. Yes, just like one of those bugs in Star Trek 2. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or a yerk from the YA novels Animorphs. Wow. That's a deep cut wow. right there. That, my that, that's an Andy it's World not. level reference. You guys didn't read that? Come on. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, and you just announced uh, Caterwall. Caterwall 2023. Yes, that is correct. Um, if you are interested in loud, noisy music and. I hope that's better live... than Coney 2012. <laughs> and either live in uh, the Midwest or want to travel out to go see cool things. Friday, May 26th through Monday, May 29th in Minneapolis, Minnesota, caterwall.org. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a blast last year. I am not going to try to do an episode of the show the second I come back, though. I'll tell you that much, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Learned my lesson last year. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you got, uh, you're playing uh, both as uh, uh, Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends and as uh, Action Chief's playing too. Yeah. The, yes. Uh, a, a rare performance by the enigmatic, enigmatic and mysterious men of action chief. Such premium. Yes. We're gonna there, there's gonna be a whole crowd. Solos, 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 <laughs> solos. You're gonna get well, okay. You're, you're gonna you're gonna end up getting booed because they're like, there's not this is something besides solos. Wait, wait, this is a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> not what we were promised. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, okay. Uh, I think we got everything for, for you. Um, yes. One down, four to Christina, go. Um, <laughs> do you have anything coming up on your uh, on uh, Patreon? Uh, on not Patreon, on your Twitch channel? Uh, we're probably just gonna react to Hassan getting a haircut because the whole world just collapsed on itself because Hassan chopped off his hair. Well, what are you guys gonna it? do when I get one tomorrow? <laughs> oh, what? What? Oh boy! <laughs> oh no! Are you getting a nice? I, uh, how how short are you getting it? Are you I gonna get the wolf, no get the wolf cut? I, is I, haircut I, reactions gonna, a thing? Is that a thing? That I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. I'll, I'll, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go live and react to Andy's haircut. Okay. <laughs> All right. Watch for it, people. Um, <laughs> so, whoa! Yeah. There was hair, and now there isn't. Whoa! Um, but Christina's big... channel is very interesting. I feel like the whole like when she's not dog sitting in the intro, always like, oh, really? God, I mean, like, yeah. it's an interesting channel. No, it's, no, yeah, yeah. There's always something uh, great conversation happening on on her channel. I mean, I'm, um, I'm yeah. all all updated now that she's back. It was kind of because <laughs> I kept uh, I kept kind of like fucking up, not knowing whether she's back on an episode or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're like, the only one. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, so when she's not dog sitting, then I could be like, well, I guess this time she is. Well, the good sitting. news is I'm dog sitting again, but guess what? This right. week until like Monday, so we're good. Oh, okay. <laughs> works, works for me. Um, um, and uh, you have a coffee account. Uh, it's yes. K O F I. This yes. is a great way to uh, support Christina, buy her a coffee. And, yes, uh, you know, and, and make sure that she gets her place at the United Nations. Um, yes. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so we're we're taking that week off. Christina is going to be dog city, I guess. Um, we're, our next episode is going to be next Tuesday because we're all going to the to the live show. Except um, for me. But I, well, I just told everyone what you're going to do, and you did too. <laughs> but uh, so so yeah, like I I think this is cool that it's uh, we're taking this week break. I feel like you know pu- putting out episodes every fucking. You know, twice a week. Not, uh, I feel like I feel like what? that one meme where it's the dude like this, like uh, <laughs> typing, like like fucking, yeah, yeah. We're doing we're doing uh, the original Jumanji with Reyes the next episode, I think, right? And then uh, Goonies with right. uh, Francesca Fiorentini after that. Oh my think, god, I, I thought it would uh, be Francesca. Woohoo! Oh, that's right. I, yeah, I think also uh, Christina's like like Twitch little sister Ali might come on for the. Ali's coming on too. So oh, for, cool! For, awesome. for on uh, Tuesday, cool. Yep. I actually that. like those recent Jumanji movies, but this I, is I, I do want to uh, before we get too far off subject, uh, make sure we talk about Aaron's podcast. Oh, that's a good idea. Plug the plug yeah. the guest stuff, huh? Yeah. Huh. Oh my goodness. What? Yes. The Hit Factory is uh, a great movie podcast, as Conan has, has uh, said before, and uh, uh, I really I wish I listened to it more. Um, uh, when I do listen, it's like, dang, why am I not listening to this more? Um, so. Well, I've, you, I've listened to the to the Blair Witch Project episode like multiple times, and then we did our we did our you know all of us did the Blair Witch Project episode like a part two version of it. I think that we was the do. first time you guys came on. Yeah, Blair but, Witch Factory, I called it in our stream. <laughs> uh, it's, it's available on our on our feed as well. Yeah, but that was a really good. You guys like got real in depth about that, and I was like, damn, like I didn't like the cultural phenomenon of it. I'm like. Yeah, this is like a, a fucking great description of that, like on a more like hypothetical level. Whereas, you know, then our conversation here was more on a, I'm not gonna say tactical level, but like the actual process of uh, filming it and, and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, we like overthinking everything and approaching it from like an analytical leftist perspective. We're we're kind of like if uh, some Marxists took control of TBS's dinner in a movie. <laughs> mm. It's a good pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you have anything coming up uh, that uh, people should know about? Oh my gosh, uh, some big things in the works right now. I can't speak about too many of them. We've got some fun guests coming up, but I can tell you that in the next handful of weeks slash month, uh, we've got some big titles coming your way. We're dropping one later this week on David Fincher's The Game, mm. uh, which Love has moved, moved up in my estimation considerably since our conversation about it. Underrated uh, movie. We are going to be doing, uh, for our Valentine's Day episode, and in conjunction with its theatrical re-release, a conversation about uh, James Cameron's 1997 Titanic. Oh. Uh, So that one will be happening pretty soon uh, with a very special guest. That one's going to be really fun. Uh, And then, yeah, just some other fun film chats and and some cool guests uh, in the works right now. Titanic is good. I, I will always say that. I, I think saying, Titanic saying, is a masterpiece. He could have so, fit on that door. Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, he could have fit on, like, just logistically speaking, he could have fit on that door. It like, she, she did him. Wouldn't have worked. Wouldn't have worked. Did the, she did him dirty. sank. <laughs> I, uh, okay, uh, we're done with that. The, uh, the Kronos and uh, From Dust Till Dawn were both episodes I really enjoyed uh, hmm. from you guys this last fall. Uh, really good. And I'm like I said, I, I'm a regular listener, and maybe someday I'll be on. Hint, hint, hint. <laughs> oh my yes absolutely uh we'll talk about the other thing too um hey hey Andy, is that it uh, yeah i think the only other thing is just uh to remind people that uh this sunday 
Um, you can catch uh, three of us at uh, uh, the cutting room in New York City, and you can see me uh, yell at Sam Cedar for disparaging me on Ben Burgess's show on Monday. Because um, that, that motherfucker said I screwed up the poster, and it was Ticketmaster, not the poster. I got the, the poster was right. It's yeah, but also to like <laughs> mention the fact that you, he has to follow me back on Twitter because that's all I want. Anyway, I, I've enforced the uh, filming the event. I'm announcing the uh, the host, so it should be it should be a good time. Um, I what what's the what's the link? Somebody should have given me the link. I don't. Even it's know the, the movie night extravaganza, but without the extravaganza. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for the actual page to pull it up. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think most people probably know about it at this point, but just on the off chance that people people so, don't. So enter many in New people York. that come into my chat this week were like, "Are you going? Are you going?" I'm like, "No." Yeah, we should have like <laughs> go fund me to something or Kickstarter or something. Yeah, well, we'll do yeah. that for the next live show. <laughs> didn't think about it. I didn't think I was going to be involved until like a couple weeks ago. But anyway, whatever. Woo-hoo. So yeah, uh, it's uh, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be good. It's uh. Jason Miles, obviously, That's Ben, and David, and Matt, and then they also have Sam Cedar. It's going to be there. Emma Vigland, uh, Boscar. There's, there's like a whole list of people Dave that Griscom. are going to be there. Yep, should be great. That's going to be, yeah, it's be, gonna be a... Cuba, Deep State Cuba. Cool time. Yeah, right. It was on uh, the play. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. We, we, we need yeah. to have him back. This is a very uh, incomplete list. I think there's more people that you know, but this is this is uh, you get it on Ticketweb or you can get it on Ticketmaster, and uh, you know these are the tickets. You should if you if you're in the New York City area, you should go on Sunday. Um, it's at the Cutting Room. Yeah, and you can get original art for me that I will be making there. So there's Ooh, the pitch. There you <laughs> yes. Go. Yeah. When he's done yelling at Sam Cedar for some perceived slight. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Jay Underworld and I have grievances. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I want to, I want to jump to Aaron uh, to, to, you know, ask about final thoughts, Jurassic Park, uh, you know, a million things to say. We got to a good amount of them. I mean, I'm sure we could do, like a, we could do a, whole, a whole fucking series on Jurassic Park. I'm sure. But <laughs> why Absolutely. does Andy have a nunchuck? <laughs> Whatever. He's got a nunchuck. Why would good you? question. I got a uh, katana but, up there. I'm the one to talk. It's fine. <laughs> we've all we've all got our weaponry just off screen here right, somewhere. Exactly. That we, We're a well armed oh, show. I got a cane That's and right. a bat back there. So exactly. So, That's right. Mm, I'm not going to say who we're going to flex on, but we're ready. Go ahead. Uh, well, uh, final thoughts on Jurassic Park. I think Jurassic Park is a blockbuster masterpiece. It's one of Steven Spielberg's finest hours. Uh, it's a film that captured my imagination right at the perfect time when I was about three, four years old uh, and had just really started getting into movies. Uh, I was like little little Sammy Fableman watching The Greatest Show on Earth uh, in that theater. And uh, yeah, just totally sparked my entire love of movie making and and film in general. And I think you should all revisit it if you haven't seen it recently. And if you did just watch it recently in anticipation for the show, uh, go watch it again anyway, because it uh, has excellent (laughs) replay value. It really does. It really does. Yes. All right, Conan, final thoughts. Yeah. this film innovates in a way that few do and doesn't even look remotely dated, doesn't feel remotely dated. Uh, once again, I want to point out that there were kind of some snickers when this came out about Spielberg's dinosaur movie because it just hadn't been done. Everyone was like, well, Last Action Hero was going to be the one. It wasn't. Uh, <laughs> like many children, I too had an obsession for dinosaurs. And so I was certain I was going to watch it no matter what, right? 
um but i saw it in the theater i was lucky enough to see that with like that crazy new sound system thing they were doing and i knew i was seeing something special you know some movies are big some are great and uh, some changed everything, and that's one of the cases here. Um, the Goldblum's at his finest. Sam Neill's the exact right actor for the role. Laura Dern's killing it in this. Uh, there's so many like cool quotes and things. And again, I know we all know it, but the, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. I feel like I just say that at like half the news items I read. Uh, <laughs> for like, hey, we made this robot that is powered on human blood. Why would you do that? Why? Would or or when they make uh, when they make fucking uh, the lab the lab meat. And they show like the picture of the fucking yeah. meat they made in the lab, and it's like, yeah, maybe maybe we should have thought this this through a little bit. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is the timeless classic. It pounds harder than a T Rex in a lobby. All right, Christina, <laughs> final thoughts. Uh, this is probably the greatest dinosaur movie of all time. Um, when it comes to like the effects and whatnot, this movie still holds up when it comes to all that compared to Marvel and a bunch of other films that just rely on digital like cgi and whatnot like you can do practical effects and you can mix all the different types of effects to make a really great film and this is one of those really really great films and it's a film that stood the test of time uh the the sequels can't compare um i highly recommend this film like if you're into dinosaurs like this is a film that you can watch with the kids so yeah. um I, I i like that this uh his, his work with practical effects in this went a lot better than jaws which you know they just kind of yeah. threw the fucking animatronic shark into the water and it fucking short-circuited and they're like oh no it's like you know i'm breaking the glass <laughs> <laughs> um yeah um it's no carnosaur too that's all i'll say <laughs> but uh but uh which Jaws withstood the test of time too, obviously, but like you yeah, know, I, just, it's despite the animatronics, not because of them. And I think in this case, yeah. it's because of the animatronics, not despite them. Jaws 3D, yeah. maybe less so, but anyway. Uh... <laughs> um, but Andy, final thoughts. I, I know the uh, the one thing we didn't get to talk about was uh, Phil Tippett was originally supposed to do the scene where mm. the um, Tyrannosaurus was to ch chase the um, uh, the car because that was obviously done with computers. Um, but just imagine after watching Mad Gods. Uh, a, a, a dinosaur chasing a car in that style, and uh, that, that's. Uh, uh, but but the uh, the story behind it was uh, there. There was a couple of like young guys who were developing the the technology that they ended up using to to do a lot of the CG in the movie, and um, uh, is, Phil Tippett saw much, it and was just like, this, "No, this is better. This is better than what I was going to do." Uh, and, yeah. and they basically had him, you know, had those the the, uh, the young guys who were working on the movie to actually do that part. Um, and, and uh, I think he ended up uh, working with him on uh, Starship Troopers, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. Nice. Another classic. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, that, that's my favorite thing about the, uh, you know, the, 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 the thought exercise of the uh, Phil Tippett car chase sequence would be amazing. However, the one we got is much better than what Phil Tippett could have done. All right. Well, I have I have one more uh, bit that I wanted to try out before we end. But my, my one bit is I'd like to see a Seinfeld. Uh, I'd like to see a Seinfeld crossover with Jurassic Park where Newman comes back and he is, you know, he is the same fucking character from Jurassic Park. And you get like a Kramer, like investing in like Jurassic. Like he's one of the Jurassic Park investors. Somehow, like he gets money from like his dead uncle or something. And then you get Jerry. Dinosaur Jerry. But yeah, but you get Jerry at the very beginning being like, uh, 
dinosaur cloning, you know? Have you heard of this? And he's like, I didn't know we needed to bring them back. You know, we we, we, we have enough stuff. And, like, doing the whole bit at the very beginning, like, what's the deal with dinosaurs? And then, so I'd like to see that crossover. I'd like to see a Seinfeld, Jurassic yeah. Park crossover coming out, you know, sometime soon. I would rather see that than, than whatever Chris Pratt's putting out.